I'm Nick Benninger, and you're listening to TCE Radio. I think that was really good. Feel good about it? Cool. <clears throat> what does TCE say? <laughs> the Chord Edition? No, no the, the Community, community Edition. edition. Right. Yeah, sorry. We're not the Chord, right. despite what everybody thinks that we are. This is going to be some really great background banter uh, <laughs> that we'll probably use later. Because we're a fun podcast. Nice. In case you didn't get that from his introduction, that was local restaurateur Nick Benninger. I sat down with Nick last week to talk about his newest venture outside the kitchen. Alongside his good friend and local photographer, Taylor Jackson, Nick has filmed a web series called Nick and Taylor Make a Food Show, which will showcase stories behind some of your favorite restaurants in Waterloo Region. Before we get back to Nick, I'm Beth Bowles, and this is TCE Radio. Okay, so I'm here with Nick Benninger. Uh, he's the owner of the Fat Sparrow Group, uh, which is Taco Farm, Marbles, Nick and Nat's Uptown 21, and Harmony Lunch. Yeah. Did I get them all right? You got them all. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, so Nick's here today to talk about a new venture that he's taking on. Uh, so Nick, do you want to tell us about this new project that you're doing right now? Yeah, I'm doing a, sh- a food show with a friend. My friend Taylor Jackson and I are doing a food show called Nick and Taylor Make a Food Show. We got really creative with the name. Um, and it's just basically a show that we're going to try and travel around the 519 area as much as we can, eating and going to different sort of establishments that have anything to do with food and getting to know the people behind the scene kind of thing. Yeah, wicked. Um, so to take like just a couple steps back, um, Taylor's not here today, unfortunately, he couldn't be with us. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about Taylor? And I'm interested to know how you guys came to be friends or how you guys met each other. Yeah. Uh, so Taylor is a photographer and videographer and documentarian, I think he likes to be called, um, and basic all-around fun guy, KW Playboy. Um, he, uh, he, many moons ago, was working on a taco-mentary, so a taco documentary. And uh, I make a lot of tacos, so we ended up doing a bit of an interview together for that. Um, and since then, we've just been friends. Uh, we did an event together in the summertime at... in front of Uptown 21 where we kind of uh, stormed the street and did a dinner party right in the middle of the construction site. Um, Like brought out tables and linens and candles. I saw that. It was pretty rad. It was so fantastic, yeah. So we did that and had a ton of fun and made a really rad video for it. And uh, that video got just a really great response from the community. And um, I mean, we have a we have a really strong pride-filled community around here, KW it seems, and um, the food scene's pretty awesome. So those two things combined, just I think that video got a huge response, and just the construction was such a bullshit for everyone. So I think that was something everyone was happy to like go oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in our old like we're all a little older now, so it was something like badass we could all do. But. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I got a great response. And then we just got talking about, like, there seems to be an appetite for more of this stuff and, and what could we do and how could it work for both of us. And really, we just wanted to have a little bit of fun and see where it goes. And if it actually turns into a real thing people would watch, um, that's awesome. And so here we are. It's come that far. It seems that people really, the response has been awesome. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're going for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, where was the idea for the show, like, first birthed, I guess? Um, just after that, just the response. So the night, the day that we posted that video of the uh, dinner in the street and throughout that week, it, like, it, it got up to, like, 20,000 views or something. So we were constantly back and forth just, like, holy shit, this thing's doing really well. I can't believe it. So we just started talking about, like, we should 
keep this momentum going, like we should keep doing it. Um, so through a series of text messages and some ridiculous sort of concepts and ideas, uh, we just said, you know, we could make a show that's kind of half comedians in cars, half uh, Anthony Bourdain type show, and um, all about the 519, like the KW area. And uh, it won't be that hard because he's a videographer and he's got all these great connections for making that happen. And I'm so deep in the industry that I know so many people and just so many people willing to open their doors to us and give us the, the backstory kind of thing uh, that we knew we could start doing it and see where it went. Um, I was little, like I had a healthy pessimism about the whole thing. I was like, had visions of Wayne's world. If you've seen Wayne's world, right. Where they're zooming in and like party on (laughs) excellent. And like, (laughs) I thought it would be like, uh, the equivalent, like a garage punk band would be. So I was like, yeah, we'll do this, whatever. At the worst case scenario, I have a little fun and it, 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 it helps my brand image to just be like further entrenching myself in the community food scene. So whatever, let's try it. And then, um, when I saw the first edits start coming back, it was like, oh, wow, this is going to be actually good. This looks professional. This doesn't mm-hmm. look at all like I thought it was going to look. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of when it all turned on its ear for me anyways. I think Taylor probably all, the, all along knew what the outcome would look like because he's done so much of this film already. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so it was pretty surprising. And then the response since then when people have seen the, the little bits of pieces that we've released so far have been really strong. So mm-hmm. now it's sort of a snowball that's growing because um, the more and more people want to reach out to us and work with us. And it just gives us an even bigger opportunity to showcase the region and the food scene. So Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about what can people expect from the structure of the show? How is like an individual episode going to look? Yeah, so most most episodes will look and I should start off by saying too there's a there's an overarching storyline to the whole thing. So even though it's not like a story per se, but there's a there's a f- the season finale will be Taylor cooking a meal for 30 people at Taco Farm. So he Taylor doesn't cook real good at all. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't eat real good at all. Um, he's not what anyone would really consider a foodie, um, but he's open minded and he's he's willing and he's a fun participant. But his kitchen skills are like a, a one out of ten maybe. So uh, the the, by the end of the season coming up, he'll be hosting a dinner at the restaurant and he's supposed to take everything he's learned throughout and apply that to a dinner. Um, I'm worried he's focusing on the wrong things. So far he's designed that there will be props at his dinner, like a, a skeleton of a Tyrannosaurus Rex and stuff like that. But anyway, so... Is that something you can find easily? He ordered it on Amazon. It's, what? You can like put it together. I don't know. Oh, not an it's actual not real. skeleton. Yeah, I was no. like, what? Like okay. a, a build your own, like you could buy over here at the toy store. I'm really right? glad you clarified yeah. that. <laughs> so... So yeah, the episodes, most of them start, they're in basically three segments. So the first segment is Taylor and I in my truck driving to the place. So um, in the case of the Lancaster Smokehouse, we're heading there. We're talking about what makes that place special to the region, uh, where the owners are from, what got it started, what's my favorite thing to eat there, that kind of stuff. And we get to the restaurant. We head in, uh, in that case, we go into the kitchen with Tim, uh, the chef there, and we talk to him about his inspiration. Uh, he cooks us a little something in the kitchen, and we sort of, we treat that 
process of him cooking is simply just an excuse to talk. We're not really focusing on the recipe or the dish that he's making, um, but we are using it as a backdrop to sort of have a bigger conversation about food culture. Um, and then the third segment of the show is us sitting down at a table, um, enjoying a couple of beers together and, and enjoying the food that he made and just furthering the conversation about mm-hmm. the Lancaster and, and its place in this community and Tim and, and his food philosophies and the challenges that we see as chefs and the advantages and just the things that make cooking in the region special and and eating at that place special. Um, So that's the basic structure. There are a couple episodes that aren't quite like that. There's a... There's a chicken wing episode where we we have a special guest and he comes in my truck, which is a very tiny truck, so it's a very <laughs> awkward shoot. Um, but the three of us drive around to, I think, four or five different chicken wing places, yeah. eating wings and just talking about them. And then there's also a late night episode where we sort of up here near the universities where we started at Jane Bond and then made our way to, I think, six different places. Um, so we're just kind of walking and going into places, grabbing um, like stoner late night type foods and uh, eating them and moving on. So nice. Yeah. Um, so obviously you showcased a ton of different restaurants in the region, but what was that choosing process like? Yeah. So I mean, for me, it's like half my life I'm talking about food, and half my life I'm talking to people about where to eat. Like the number one question people ask me right after house construction going is is where do you eat around here like what do you like to eat so I'm often telling stories of go to this place ask for this item go on a Wednesday or this is how you have to eat it um so so really it started with uh, places that I'm passionate about and that I wanted to share with the region and get more eyes on the place and more eyes on the reasons that make it special, right? So, like, I think everybody goes, the Lank's a good example, right? Everyone goes to the Lancaster um, and they all get smoked meat platters. It's, mm-hmm. it's very, like, I would challenge you to admit that you get anything else than, like, French fries and smoked ribs and beer. Um, and you you might think that those things can be churned out like just easily and without emotion and without any kind of love or passion. Um, but A, that's not true. And B, there's so much more to that place and its employees and its its different dishes and the features that they run. And, um, and that was the kind of thing that we wanted to talk about was like, you might already know a heck of a lot about the Lancaster Smokehouse and you might already love going there, but we want to show you like it from a different angle Mm -hmm. and we want you to see Tim the next time you're there and go, Oh, that's the guy, um, that did this and that thinks this, you know? Um, and, and it just makes those places that much more special. And then I think you in turn as a viewer would start telling that same story to people. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what, I mean, I just want to have, I just want everyone around here to have as much pride in this food scene as I do. I've cooked my whole life. I've been, I left uh, the area when I did my apprenticeship when I was younger. I was living in Hamilton and Niagara area. And I would constantly be, um, people would be like, oh, you're from KW. No wonder you left. Uh, mm-hmm. No wonder you're not there anymore. There's no food scene in that place. There's no culture. Why would you live in KW? And I was always like, oh, you're right. And I thought, they're probably right. But then the more I like thought about it, I was like, no, there's a ton of really great places in Kitchener-Waterloo, and mm-hmm. we have some really cool stuff. And if all you know about it is coming to Oktoberfest or the time you went to university here for a half a minute and and then left town and all you ever did was eat at Quiznos or something like that, then you don't, you don't know shit about our community. So we really want people to... Um, locally people to understand how cool it is to live here and I get really sick and tired of people that like come back from a trip to Montreal and Montreal is God's country it's beautiful it's an amazing place but 
it doesn't mean you have to come back here and be like, I'm so sick of Ontario and Kitchener and whatever. It's like, it's not true. Get over it. We yeah. have some really amazing things here. And maybe you have to look a little bit beyond um, the obvious stuff, but there's some really great stuff there. So we just mm-hmm. want people to buy into that and tell that story too. So It's interesting that you brought that up because, um, so our issue that we just put out, the February issue of the Community Edition, um, we had an opinion piece about is is Waterloo facing an identity crisis? So um, this really great writer who, uh, he's a small business owner in downtown Kitchener, his name's Sam Nabby. Um, he wrote an article about uh, the hashtag usage on Twitter about like, we're looking at WatReach, KW Awesome, all of those things. Um, and then he kind of pulled apart the region and said that we're, we're a region of a lot of different, like diverse groups of people. And he sees a really big push towards um, labeling the region as the tech hub or the Silicon Valley of Ontario. And I'm interested to hear what you think about that, because you're kind of producing a different narrative here than Waterloo solely being a tech hub or predominantly for people to come from out of town to work tech jobs. Yeah, well, and those things are married to each other, right? Like the tech, because the tech industry needs us to build a better culture scene so that they can attract employees to stay here right they're they're running buses out of toronto every day to come to google or vidyard or wherever not not the majority of their employees mind you but a lot of them are coming from out of town and not spending a cent here um which is unfortunate so but uh, like you i guess you have to understand i don't like them labeling kw as the tech town or whatever Mm -hmm. um but every town's got to have something right at least we're not the big nickel town or something um so so every town's got to have something and i and we do have a huge booming tech industry um what i think we want to make sure is that we're not shooting that out as like a single message is that we are the tech town and then you know when i don't know if like if you're old enough to know but like when blackberry crashed and again, when I was traveling around everywhere, cooking, doing whatever, all I would get, I'd go to Toronto to cook with friends and they'd say, ooh, how's business in Waterloo? It must yeah. be brutal because of what happened at Blackberry. I own several Blackberries. I'm not as young, yeah. as, I'm not <laughs> as, young as you may think I am. My first phone was the Blackberry Pearl. Okay. Nice. But yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's, it's nice that we have this tech town thing, but it's also nice to have more than that. And I know that the tech industry really wants us... Um, to beef up our arts and culture scene so that when they're trying to get people to move here to teach at our universities, to be CEOs, to do whatever, um, they're attracted to the community as well. And they don't go, well, I could live there. No, I don't want to live there. Well, you can't have all work with no play, right? Totally. Yeah. And it has to be play. And it has to be like, yeah, it's important. Um, on the comment of the diversity of all the regions, I think that's a very like astute observation. I think it's awesome and I think it's totally true and it's that's one of the things in Kitchener in particular well and in Waterloo now too with the universities and the way that the um like the amount of foreign students that come to this school these schools uh they have turned the surrounding areas around the universities into this amazing multicultural food court really like Mm -hmm. you can go anywhere and get like the most legitimate authentic stuff um it's so cool uh, what's happened around the universities, but Kitchener too has for a long time had like these little pockets of El Salvadorian food or, or like Szechuan food or Serbian food, or like there's a, there's a, an event that goes up at, uh, in Kitchener where they roast like six cows at once every summer for the Serbian festival. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so cool. Right. And that's, that's so true of Canada too. If you've ever traveled around Canada or if you, and here's a good place to do a survey, right. Talk to some of your friends who come from like 
Edmonton or Timmins or wherever these places are and find out that there's, oh, you know what's crazy about Sudbury is the pierogies. We have the best pierogies. And I lived there for a little while and I can verify that. You can go up to churches and buy these amazing little pierogies because there's this, there's a quite a large sort of Eastern European and Scandinavian mm-hmm. community up there. So there's all these cool little pockets of things all across the whole country. And although yeah. Kitchener and Waterloo and Canada as a whole might not have a food identity we can get behind, like say, oh, you're from France, you like brioche and pâté. Oh, yeah, that's true. End of story, right? We don't have that, but we do have this amazing uh, mosaic of different pockets all over the country that have these strange uh, ethnic strongholds, and mm. uh, it's so cool. And then and then you get it. Like when I hire cooks, they come from these random pockets, and they bring with them these awesome uh like secrets like things like oh you don't know how to make like I found out how to make real cabbage rolls when I lived in Sudbury one day because I opened a freezer and it was full of cabbage heads and they looked like human heads they were like cabbages (laughs) just thrown in there all frozen and I'm like what's going on in here and then I found out like oh well it's a secret you know old grandma trick blah 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 so anyways I think I sort of definitely sidetracked there but um mm-hmm. locally we have all these awesome little pockets of food and and i think sometimes too like you drive by that sign that says best shavops in all of kw and you're like ha, ha, ha. And like what's a shavop yeah. and i'm sure it's the best and you just don't go in it because you're kind of like ah, i don't want to get looked at funny when i walk in that place or something um so we're trying we're trying through this process of the show to get people to if if they won't go on their own they'll come with us with the camera and then maybe they'll go back later because mm-hmm. uh, they've seen it and they know how to order it and they know the lady is very nice and you know yeah talking about like food diversity is interesting because I feel like your four locations so I will admit I've been to three of the four of your restaurants I've never been to Nick and Nats before I'm sorry I will go up at some point um, but I feel like I feel like all four of your uh, uh, your restaurants have a very distinct like brand and they're mm-hmm. all doing something quite different um, what's the one thing that you wish that you were doing that maybe somebody else is doing in this community that you kind of wish you had jumped on first oh, someday I'm going to have the best pizza restaurant yeah yeah <laughs> for sure uh, I've Taco Farm was almost a pizza restaurant oh, really? um, but then we we decided to go tacos instead uh, I love pizza so much and, and pasta. Like, so I'd love to open a homemade, like pizza pasta place. But anyways, I don't know. And that's, that's, I mean, we open restaurants that we believe we can be passionate about. So we, A, I hate commercialism. Like I hate corporate stuff. Mm-hmm. I hate stuff that smells of, of bullshit, right? Like I just, I want genuine all the time. And even if it's. Even if it's like I'm listening to music and it's awful, but it's genuine. And I'm like, man, these people are interesting. This is rad. Um, That's what I like. I hate like uniformity and and all this kind of stuff. So when we look at opening a restaurant, instead of like wondering about like, really, we should just open five more taco farms and put them across the city and blanket the city with the product that's proven itself and people will buy. And that's Mm -hmm. a good business sense. But I would get super bored. I I don't really want to do that. Right. Like I want to opportunity to to reopen an 86 year old diner with milkshakes and hamburgers and and hot dogs oh yeah I can get behind that right like I can get passionate about that and then I hope that that transcends to the guest and then they're coming and they're always happy to be there and that's the kind of thing we're trying to set up is is stuff that's that we would also want to be part of and Mm -hmm. eat at and uh and KW too I think there's two sides of the city but a big I hope a growing side of it wants independent things Mm -hmm. and they want independent businesses and so we believe really strongly in uptown waterloo so we have four businesses there and 
we have a theory that the more the merrier um, because the more restaurants, the more people will come to eat and the more all of us will do well. Um, but in that same token, we don't want to compete with ourselves. So we do want to make sure that we're sort of offering a variety of stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so to jump back to the show, uh, there was a question that I wanted to ask you that we talked about a little bit briefly before we started recording. Um, I saw the trailer. Trailer looks super fun. I will definitely be I will definitely be watching mm -hmm. the show um but female representation in the trailer uh, is a lot of dudes in the show yeah um so obviously um the hospitality industry is a male-dominated industry much like the industry that I work in the media industry is very male-dominated um so I was just wondering if you guys were planning on combating that or if you if you were aware of it or what you thought about that. Yeah, uh, for sure. We are aware. We've been made aware. My daughters have told me, my sister, my friends. I've had lots of people pointed out after seeing the trailer. Um, there are women in upcoming episodes and there are non-white people in upcoming episodes. Um, and uh, we, we really hadn't even thought of it. So we were just making a show naturally from the people whom are in my circle of... of friends and restaurants that I frequent and all of these things. Um, and the end result, certainly when we looked at that trailer, was like, holy sh it's all white men. Like, it's all white straight guys. Uh, mm -hmm. This is not good. Um, so without, I mean, and that's the thing, is I don't want to make an effort to be diverse. I would like to be diverse naturally. Yeah. Um, but it is an industry that's somewhat dominated by white men unfortunately still and uh so we will have to make more of an effort and there are some episodes coming up that have women in it um and we will continue to make sure that we do a focus on that and uh yeah it certainly wasn't like and i hope i'm not just i hope i'm not just accidentally choosing to do men because i i did i don't know but uh, it's definitely what happened. Like when we looked at that trailer and a, and a couple of comments we've received is like, ah, really amazing. But the only question I have, um, is, yeah, it was pretty glaringly obvious that it's all men and they're all white, strangely. Yeah, um, I think that I think it's really important, though, that people feel like they can give you that feedback and that that feedback will be received. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like if you're already creating yeah. that that relationship, then those are positive steps forward. Um, it is obviously something that, w like, within a position of power, and the, like, the same could be said for the newspaper that I make all the time, um, like, to be cognizant of those things, but mm -hmm. to also create a relationship with your community around you that if, if people do want to critique you in that way, that those people will be heard. Right. Right? Well, and if I want to see, and, and for sure, and I think people, one thing, I don't know how, but over my life I've made myself open to criticism. So, like, I get lots of it, whether it's friends, family, or strangers on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> search my name sometime. It'll yeah. be fun. <laughs> but, uh, but I think, too, it's it's my responsibility. Like, I would love to have this industry not dominated by men so yeah. much. Like, I would love to see it have a more balanced um a more balanced workforce and I like I, I mentioned a second ago I have two daughters at home um, I'm not recommending them to go into the cooking industry for lots of different reasons but I would hope that if they chose to they would and they wouldn't mm -hmm. go into a kitchen one day and be like holy shit, it's all dudes and they're talking about like I don't really like like yeah. this is not a cool scene for me to be a part of so I think if I can use the show like we should think proactively and put more women on it and put them at the forefront because if we can use the show uh 
to attract more people into that industry, then that would be a successful thing too. So, I mean, it's it's new for me to have the concept of being a role model or something like that. So now mm-hmm. we have this show as a tool and a, a ability to shape people's opinions, then we should use it for good, for sure. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, okay, so we're going to switch gears completely now. Um, so I don't know if you know, but the Community Edition has started doing monthly trivia nights at Chainsaw. So for those of you listening that also don't know, the first Thursday of every month, um, we're at Chainsaw doing trivia on various topics. Um, so we're going to do some food trivia here with Nick and see how well he knows uh, the industry that you're supposed to be an expert in. Uh, <laughs> okay, That's literally how I describe it, too. Yeah. Supposed to be supposed an expert. To be. <laughs> yeah. um, are you ready? Very. Okay. Uh, you can't phone a friend. <laughs> this isn't that kind of show. Um, so you're just left alone just with your me. own brain. Um, Okay, first question. What is believed to be the only food that does not spoil? The only food that doesn't spoil? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's... Is salt (laughs) a food? Like, salt wouldn't spoil, but... It's not salt. It's not salt. Uh, Food that doesn't spoil. Let's say cheese. It just changes. (laughs) Um, It's actually honey. Frig. Um, It has been found in the tombs of Egyptian pharaohs and actually tasted by archaeologists. You know what? I know that, too. As soon as you said it, I knew that. (laughs) I'm sure you did. This is (laughs) bull****. Okay. uh, This one. True or false? An average ear of corn has an even number of rows. (laughs) (laughs) This is rare. I thought it would be like, what goes in a sauce? No, crap. you could actually think uh, Lake in our publisher. She came up with these questions, <laughs> and she is a ruthless. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say even. That's yeah, that's true. You're right. Do you true. know how many? No. Uh, Sixteen. Wow. Every single corner cob. Like apparently, there's that's probably, not considered like a. There's probably like deviations. Right. But yes. Okay. Um, almonds are a member of what fruit family? Peaches. Yeah, mm. you got that one. I actually knew that one because my uh, my aunt is really. Uh, is really allergic to almonds, so she can't eat any, like, right. peach plums, any stone fruit. Yeah. Called stone fruit, right? Okay, this one is a local restaurant question about one of our favorite places that we go often for business meetings. I said that with air quotes you can't see. Um, it's about Ethel's. So according to Ethel's lore and the website, Ethel herself was a loan shark's mistress from where? <laughs> from which city? Oh, somewhere in the States. That's, I've heard the story a hundred times. I just got told a story about someone, uh, someone like that sign is from, the Ethel sign is from a, a restaurant that used to exist in the Southern States somewhere. Really? And the people found out Ethel's had the sign and they were like, where the hell did you get that sign? That's from my grandma's old recipe or old restaurant. And like, they were kind of pissed. Anyways, there's a, no there's idea. a million amazing stories about Ethel's. God bless that place. Yeah. <laughs> um, I let's say Wichita, Wichita. Uh, you know what? That's it's a that's a weird guess. It's a good one, but it's actually Detroit. <sighs> Pretty close. So apparently Ethel uh, was the mistress of a loan shark. Sounds like a great lady. Um, okay, next question. A cluster of bananas is called a what? This one's like my favorite one. A cluster of bananas is called a, uh, let's say it's a monkey's fist. Oh, you're actually so close. It's called a hand. Okay. So you're close with a fist. And individually, the bananas are called fingers. <laughs> That's so morbid. So you could have fed me with a clue. Individually, bananas are called fingers. Yeah. What's a whole cluster? Yeah, but that would but be. You're not a very hospitable host. <laughs> you're like, let's, let's get him. Do you hate me? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, next question. Um, by subjecting peanut butter to high pressure, scientists have found a way to turn it into what? By... So think about subjecting something to pressure. Yeah. Don't get wrapped on the peanut butter part. Yeah, well, like... Because it's going to blow you away. Is it? I... You just tell me. What's it? A hockey Diamonds. Puck? Diamonds. If you subject peanut butter... I don't know how true this one is. When she wrote it down, I was reading it, and I was like, this is some bullshit. Until but... I hear it on those... What's that diamond guy that's like, oh, come buy our diamonds on the radio all Oliver? the time? Oliver? No, the, the like Spence, the oh, annoying guy. Oh, yeah, if yeah, he, yeah. If he doesn't have that product within six months, I call bullshit. Okay, all right. We'll revisit that one <laughs> next time our paths cross. Peanut butter diamonds. Um, okay. You should know this one. I'll be disappointed if you don't. I'm sorry. I'm putting on a lot of pressure. Um, Peppy's Pizza, originally opened in 1962 by two brothers. What was their last name? Oh, man. <laughs> my neighbors are his grand... His granddaughter is my neighbor. Yeah. Oh, so she probably doesn't uh, have the same last and name. And who... I've, like, been emailing the guy who still owns the downtown store. Pah, pah, I don't know. Um, it's the Fermi brothers. I don't want it to be... I didn't want to come off, like... Yeah, make a Stereotype. guess and then be yeah, like, yeah. Be like, okay. That's pretty bad, Nick. Um, the, yeah, it was the Fermi brothers, Lewis and Ron. Nice. Did yeah. you know they had locations all over Ontario? No, I had no idea. I've them. never been to Peppy's Pizza. It's pretty good. You I gotta get go. the munchie sub, and there's a trick to it, but that's a whole other I live episode. quite close to, I live downtown Kitchener, so The Water close. Street one? Yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be that location. Okay. All right. I'll definitely go. Um, next question. What is a tall chef's hat called? A toque. Yeah. Toque long. But toque for short. Okay, so is that the first one that you've gotten right? No, you got the no, peach I got one. A couple. Okay, so I got a couple. So I got the rose of corn one. <laughs> oh right, you that got was a three. Guess, but I got three. It. Okay, you're doing really well. Um, <laughs> what is spam short for? Oh, uh, spam short for. <sighs> I don't know what is it short for. Spiced ham. That's it. Yeah. Oh. But that's not really like an acronym or anything. It's just sort no. Of it's like it's like together yeah. The in a first weird way. what is that called? The first two letters and the last two letters. It's like, um, it's like when couples take their names and put them together. Mm. I'm drawing a blank. I can't think of anything. Um, okay, last question. What are the four main ingredients in beer? Yeast. Mm -hmm. Water. Yes. Barley. Hops. Hops. Yeah, grain. Grains. Grain yeah. and hops. There you go. Yeah, there I you go. It. You I drink a lot one. of beer. I drink beer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've drinking one beer before. <laughs> a single beer. All right. Well, that's all I have for you. Um, you did kind of a job at trivia. Yeah, right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's okay. I won't go to Chainsaw for trivia night. That's, that's probably the... Please support us. We're a not-for-profit and we have no money. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you want to let everybody else know about the show? When can they expect to see it? Uh, April will be April 5th the first episode will come out and then we'll release them one at a time a week in a row kind of deal after that until we run out um, the uh, you can find it on our website which I don't know the address for but you're smart kids you'll figure it out <laughs> um, or the Facebook machine you can go there mm. uh, we're super excited to do it we can't wait we love the response we've gotten from the community um, so let us know where we should be going to eat or where we should check out and if there's a specific reason why but yeah please tune in it's going to be a lot of fun and if you're from town this is a great reason to sort of fill your head with some more pride and knowledge of the local food scene and if you're not from town it's like even better thing so yeah, yeah. absolutely well thank you so much for Thanks. coming in really appreciate it and uh check out nick and taylor's show which is coming the beginning of april cheers
TCE Radio is a product of the Community Edition, Waterloo Region's independent monthly. TCE Radio is produced by Alistair McClellan and Kara Lucas. Your host is me, Beth Bowles, the editor-in-chief of the Community Edition, and our publisher is Lakin Barton. Thanks for listening.